Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Coming out of a big weekend, how about Trace Jackson Davis and the Indiana Hoosiers? Of course, a uh, Assembly Hall record from TJD uh, over the weekend. Our opening weekend of high school boys basketball games as well. We've got lots to chat about regarding that. And a big week ahead. IU hits the road for the ACC Big Ten Challenge against the Syracuse team that uh, heading into the season, it looked like it would be maybe their biggest challenge of their non-conference portion of their schedule. But Syracuse uh, struggling a bit heading into this matchup. So we'll see how Indiana, who's, I think, been performing pretty well and things seem to be coming together here early on under Mike Woodson do. But a big test on the road, probably my favorite few days of college basketball. I know I said it's a lot of fun over feast week with games going on over the course of the day, but uh, a favorite time for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You get lots of good matchups. There's a couple games in that series that begin later tonight. Of course, IU-Syracuse, the 7 o'clock game on Tuesday night. Let's take a look at today's show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, I know we got a lot to talk about coming out of the weekend, but we want to look ahead. There's a big high school basketball event coming to Charlestown High School on Saturday that's going to feature some local players, also some players from across the region that are really, really good prospects and teams. And we'll talk with Anthony Howard. He's the organizer of the Body Armor Sports Drink Shootout that's going to take place uh, Saturday afternoon through the evening at Charlestown High School coming up here in segment number one. Then later in the show, Matt Weaver of Pigs.com checks in. We do have some big IU football news. I know a lot of you have written off the season because of the Hoosiers' lack of success success this year and of course Saturday in the bucket game it got no better against Purdue but there is some big news to talk about that's because Tom Allen has begun we think to make some staffing changes for next season so Matt Weaver joins to chat that and then as always on Monday Chad Gilbert the athletic director of Charlestown High School is with us we talk local sports with Chad who's also a member of the IHSA executive board and a lot to get to coming out of this opening week of high school basketball here in the area that's the show lineup a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, a reminder as we begin this Monday program, the Thornton's text line is open. Send in your questions or comments to us, 502 502- 
502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like the fresh coffee and delicious donuts. All right, our first of three guests, Anthony Howard. He is organizing a great high school basketball event this weekend at Charlestown High School. And, Mr. Howard, the season is here, and you're going to take it up a notch on Saturday at Charlestown. You've got a great schedule of games set. Yes, sir. I sure do, Matt. Appreciate you having me on. It's going to be an awesome event, actually, over at Chad Gilbert's uh, location at Charlestown High School this coming Saturday. The first game's at 1 p.m. Uh, and, Anthony, I want to go through the schedule with you. There's four games on that day, and we'll be talking to some of the coaches, uh, participating coaches from this event coming up a little bit later in the week as we continue to preview what's going to be a big day of basketball here in southern Indiana. But the game starts with uh, Holy Cross from Louisville against the host school Charlestown, so not a ton of appeal as far as big-name players or highly ranked teams in that game, but a local Louisville versus southern Indiana matchup to start the day. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, you know, got the host team in there playing against, uh, you know, Kentucky team over at Holy Cross. And we move from there to the uh, the second game, uh, Fern Creek, which will be really interesting to see what they have coming back. I think they're going to shock a few people against Taft High School out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, that uh, uh, has a, a few really nice prospects on it. Uh, the third game that starts at 4 p.m. with Woodward High School, uh, versus Warren Central in Indiana. And as a lot of people know, Warren Central has Tay Davis, who just signed with the University of Louisville. Uh, his brother, Dre, is already there. And uh, there is a very big prospect at Woodward High School that is a, a four-star recruit that's getting a lot of attention, has a lot of uh, offers. And uh, so looking to see where he ends up at. And then the nightcap, Jeffersonville, uh, with their awesome talents, they're going to face one of the top 100 ESPN top 100 sophomores, uh, the McKinley player out of Walnut Hills in Cincinnati, 6'9", 260, a uh, lot of fun, a lot of exciting players. We don't know a lot about Jeffersonville yet. They've not played a game and won't until Friday, but this is going to be a big, big early season test for the Devils, who are expected to be one of the best here in southern Indiana this year. We're talking with Anthony Howard. He's the organizer of the Body Armor Shootout taking place at Charlestown High School on Saturday. Anthony, I know people are going to want to know, how, how does the ticketing work? What's the cost for a ticket? Do they buy them at the door? And uh, this should be one ticket to get you into four great games. Yes, sir. It's uh, going to be one ticket to get you into four great games. It's $10 for adults and $5 for children 12 and under. And they can get the tickets at the door. Uh, it's going to be a great event with Body Armor uh, just really helping us out and going to be having a lot of great giveaways at the halftimes of the games and really just wanted to bring some great competition to Southern Indiana. Like you said, uh, really going to be a good test for early test for Jeffersonville. They're supposed to be really good this year, so we'll see with uh, bringing down Walnut Hills from Cincinnati with a great prospect, and we'll see kind of what happens. A lot of good fun. Anthony, I got to wonder, and I know that there are good gyms in Cincinnati, and there are some in Louisville as well, but I got to wonder what these teams coming from out of town especially will think 
uh, when they walk into the Charlestown Sports Arena on Saturday for their game and realize the size and the interest that exist here in southern Indiana. It's, it's a little different. Big games everywhere get lots of fans and lots of media attention these days. It's not like days of old, but uh, just a different feel at Charlestown with that facility. It absolutely is, and, and I mean, just wonderful facilities at Charlestown, and we appreciate them, uh, you know, really hosting. It's going to be really, really good. I hope that the fans come out and, and show that uh, the Indiana basketball Hoosier fans are uh, what they're all about and how they love basketball. They're going to get a chance to see some really high-level basketball, and I think that they will. And like you said, the nostalgic uh, atmosphere for the Charlestown gym, I think they'll show up and be wild. I really think some of the players will be really wild about what they see there. So appreciate you saying that. Anthony Howard is my guest here as we start this Monday program. A big weekend of high school basketball to talk about, but a big weekend coming up with this Body Armor Showcase at Charlestown High School. Anthony, before we let you go, I want to go through a couple of the games one more time. The nightcap, Jeffersonville against Cincinnati Walnut Hills. Before that, Warren Central, who has, as you mentioned, the Davis player that recently committed and signed with the University of Louisville. If we have Cardinal fans listening, and they'll take on another Cincinnati team, Woodward High School. So both, really all four of those teams I'm somewhat familiar with, and all four of them have guys that are either going to play or maybe in some cases, like Warren Central and Jeffersonville with Will Lovings-Watts, already committed uh, to play at the Division One level. That is correct, and, and quite a few of those players have had Division One high-level Division One offers. Uh, the McGinnis kid that's at Woodward has uh, at least 10 uh, Division One offers, if not more by now. And so, yeah, a lot of great basketball, as well as some local. Uh, you know, we'll see what what brings, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The first game starts at 1, uh, then the second one at 2.30, the third one at 4, and then the nightcap is at 6 p.m. Anthony Howard, the director of the Body Armor Showcase. Anthony, tickets available at the door. Anything else we need to tell fans that are interested in checking out this day of hoops in southern Indiana? Yeah, if there's any questions, they can reach out to me at 502-333-5041. And uh, just look forward to seeing everybody come out, have a lot of fun, and greatly appreciate you having me on, Matt. Absolutely. Anthony Howard, my guest. And, again, what a day. Holy Cross from Louisville against the host school Charlestown Game 1 on Saturday afternoon. Game 2, Fern Creek, who's got a great program in Louisville. They will take on Taft High School, another Ohio school. Then the competition, I think, really ratchets up for Game 3 and Game 4. Game 3, Woodford High School from Cincinnati takes on Warren Central. We know how good the Warren Central program has been now for a number of years here in the Hoosier State. And then a big test, really a tough weekend for Jeffersonville. They take on Evansville North down at a shootout at the University of Southern Indiana on Friday, and they take on Cincinnati Walnut Hills on Saturday in Charlestown. So a great day of basketball, the Body Armor Showcase, and really a good early season event that I hope becomes a staple here in the area to help kick off the season. So a fun uh, chat here in segment one, a big weekend of basketball coming up, and uh, we'll get ready and head to our first commercial break. Just a couple notes as we do head to break. Uh, Obviously, IU Syracuse, a big one on Tuesday night. We'll be uh, breaking that game down coming up a little later today. And some changes for football. Uh, Coach uh, Sheridan out uh, as the offensive boss for this 
IU team. Tom Allen announcing that decision decision early on Sunday, and we'll break that down and talk about this dismal end to the IU football season. Uh, really, there weren't many bright spots, if you want to be very honest about it. Taking your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. We'll talk IU football and a little IU hoops next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Monday edition of the program. Wish we had some good IU football news to chat about. Instead, coming out of the weekend, a bad loss to Purdue in the bucket game. The season now over for Tom Allen and the Hoosiers. And Matt Weaver of Pigs.com, he's the football writer for Pigs. Uh, That website joins us because yesterday morning an announcement was made by Coach Allen and IU that he has fired or made the decision to fire uh, the offensive coordinator, Nick Sheridan, uh, for the Hoosiers. And, Matt, did that decision uh, catch you off guard, or given how this season went for IU, did you think that some staff changes like that were possible? No, I mean, I, you know, the way, the way Coach Allen has spoken, especially over the last half of the season and then his comments, you know, right after um, the loss to Purdue on Saturday, Saturday night, you know, I think it was – if you read between the lines at all, it was pretty clear that something was going to happen. It just was a matter of, you know, what and and who um, might be let go. And, and, you know, obviously the offense struggled mightily this year. I don't think all the issues on offense um, should fall on Nick Sheridan's shoulders. But when you're the offensive coordinator, that kind of goes with the territory. And, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been let go, but, you know, I think there's, you know, I think there's more issues to the offense than just the play calling. But at the end of the day, you know, he's the one that kind of, you know, had to fall on the sword, and, and now they, they start their search for a uh, for a new O.C. Before we talk about who may be some candidates or what type of O.C. that IU football needs could be, do you think there could be more staff changes, or do you think the announcement about Sheridan yesterday was it? Well, at this time, I don't expect any more staff changes, but, you know, when you go out and hire an O.C., um, a lot of times those guys want to bring in you know, some of their own guys or maybe, you know, at certain positions because, you know, there obviously there are certain positions that are important in running an offense to be able to call plays. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, that, that could be, that could be a sticking point with some guys. Um, if you have any control over his staff, um, you know, I think also because of, you know, last year and, and the way athletic budgets are, I think finances could be an issue. I mean, we saw Tom Allen took, uh, for four years, is taking a two hundred thousand dollar pay cut to basically kind of help pay for this move at OC. So it kind of gives you a, an idea that you know maybe there's not as much uh, there in the uh, in the old piggy bank as needed to uh, to do some things, um, you know, change some things up. So um, you know, I, I we'll see going forward. But I, you know, I, I think it's gonna it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens when he finds the guy he wants and if that guy wants to. Uh, 
you know, bring in some different people. Is it an oddity at all at the Big Ten level to see a coach take a reduction to help pay for that buyout for the to basically to end uh, uh, Sheridan's time uh, at IU? Is that something that typically the head coach participates financially in himself? Well, you've seen the last couple of years. It's not maybe a, a, an apples to apple comparison, but I know Scott Frost. They redid his contract. You know, he fired um, I think three or four coaches. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, and Nebraska kind of redid his contract. I don't know if um, they did that to help pay for that. Because um, anymore, coaches in college football, especially at the Power 5 level, are on multi-year deals. So if you have a guy, it may not be it's not as long as maybe a head coach, but it may be two or three years, and after one year, if you let a guy go, you still got to pay him what's remaining on that contract, just like you do for the head coach. So, you know, it's not just the money to um, bring in a new coach. It's the money to move on from the old coach. Um, Jim Harbaugh, after last season, they redid his contract. You know, he, he changed over his staff. He took kind of a pay cut. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, what makes – I think COVID is probably the COVID year and how badly it wrecked athletic departments financially has probably made this something that's, you know, before you never really heard of. At least if it happened, I had never heard of it. But, you know, it might be something going forward that some coaches have to do because, you know, athletic budgets really struggled um, over the last year and a half because of all the revenue they lost. Talking with Matt Weaver of Pigs.com, uh, some IU football news yesterday with the firing of the offensive coordinator announced by Tom Allen in the school. Matt, as IU looks ahead at its next OC, have there been any names? Is there such thing as a hot board for uh, a, a position coach like that, or is it something that will be pretty internal where uh, you might have some guesses, but no one's really going to know until Tom Allen pulls the trigger? Well, I actually just released a hot board on our site, uh, but it's more or less my speculation. You know, and to me, it's more I'm looking at a profile. And for me, the profile is I, you know, Nick Sheridan was an inexperienced offensive coordinator. He had never really called plays before. And so typically a coach kind of goes, you know, you, you, if that, when that doesn't work out, you know, you want to, you want to try to um, minimize the risk you know, flatten the learning curve as much as possible. And one way to do that is bring in somebody who's got experience calling plays. Um, and, and if possible, maybe you can find a guy who's also been a head coach in the past. You know, Kalen DeBoer was a head coach uh, at an NAIA school, but he was wildly successful. And I think that has helped him tremendously in his career because he did that at a young age, and then he kind of moved up the ladder into bigger jobs or at bigger schools as an OC, you know, before going to Fresno State, where obviously he's done a great job. Um, so I just kind of – I look more at a profile than maybe so much candidates. I mean, I looked at, like, how what offenses have been doing well and, you know, what, what guys kind of seem to be on the rise. And Some of the guys on the list have more experience than others. Um, you know, uh, I put the guy from Western Kentucky on there. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but he is a absolute rising star, Zach Kitley in college football, and somebody's going to gobble him up at the Power 5 level. Uh, Willie Korn at Coastal Carolina is another one kind of in the same boat. Not a ton of experience, but, you know, a really, really bright offensive mind. The question is, does Tom Allen trust that guy to run his offense this early in their career? And does their offensive style fit what he's looking for? So those are those are some factors I looked at. I mean, I don't know if any of the names I put on there will end up being candidates, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one or two of them are, are guys that get that get tossed about as uh, potential replacements. 
BatWeaverPigs.com with us. For the first time in a while, we're talking IU football here on the program with the regular season now ended. Matt, in this offseason, I know this is a very broad, general question, but where does IU football go from here after such a disappointing year? Is there some big needs that stand out to you? Obviously, this offensive coordinator opening is going to move the needle for the next few weeks, we expect, as Tom Allen finds his next guy there. But where does IU football go from here after such high expectations but such a disappointing performance? Well, I mean, right now, even if you were in a bowl game, recruiting would be priority one because you'd have a few weeks um, you know, before, you, before you'd be playing. Obviously, they're not in a bowl game, so recruiting is even a higher priority. They've already lost some guys in the portal. I, I, I think it's you know um, a pretty safe guess to say more guys are going to go into the portal, um, and they, need, they have some needs on this team that they desperately will have to fill from the portal, defensive line being, to me, number one. They, they, they have to get some guys in the portal. They need experienced players along the D-line to come in and be able to give them snaps. And then, you know, hopefully they can get some young guys to kind of develop behind them. I think wide receiver and running back are a couple other spots where you're going to have to look at the portal for some for some help. Um, and then at safety, they they could be losing quite a few safeties. So recruiting, keeping this class together, class is still ranked 27th in the country. They haven't had any new commits in a while, but they're still in the top 30, which – I think would be as high as India has been in maybe ever, um, and there's a chance it could get higher if you can if you can pull in some more big fish before uh, before signing day here in a few weeks. Uh, but I think recruiting and obviously you know Tom Allen finding his OC, but keeping this class together and then trying to add to it, and then you know off the field just getting kind of refocused. I mean, what I don't know what went sideways this season. I don't know if there's any way to pinpoint one thing. We've talked about it you know quite a bit in the past, but whatever it was. Something was missing on the field, and something tells me that maybe there was something missing off the field. And you know, the seniors coming back need to get this team in line. The coaches need to figure out, and you know, the strength coaches need to get things figured out. There's way too many injuries, um, you know, and they need to get that figured out too. So there's a lot of things that need to be worked on. This program just kind of needs to reset and and you know try to get back on track to where they were last year. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com. We're talking IU football. I do want to mention the game on Saturday. I'm not sure that uh, many folks thought Indiana uh, had a chance going into that one. But uh, I tell you, as you look at that final game of the year for IU, and I'm not the football guy that you are that knows the inner workings of this team, but I think even to the average fan, uh, clearly there are some areas of IU football right now that are just in disrepair. Well, yeah, and it, well, I think what's disappointing, you know, we talked the first half of the season. I thought the defense was playing well enough. They weren't as good as they were last year, but they kept them in a lot of games, and that that obviously changed over the last half of the season. Now the competition changed as well, uh, but even early on, they played some pretty good teams offensively and, and 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 played solid football. But that really changed over the you know the second half of the season. I mean, you know, disappointing Saturday was I, to me the most concerning performance this year was the Rutgers game. Uh, Rutgers, uh, nothing against them. They're, they're not a, a very strong team. They're, they're you know, they're, that's not, that's not a team that should be 35 points better than Indiana. That was a game that quite honestly was one of the worst performances I've seen from an Indiana football team in a long, in a long time. And obviously Indiana has not had a great track record of football. So there's been a lot of poor performances, but that was, to me, it was embarrassing. And that was an embarrassing performance. Um, and so to me, I don't know if it's a, if it's a talent thing, I don't think it's a talent thing. This team won, you know, was very, very good the last two years, winning 14 games, um, you know, with one of those being a short season. But, 
they've got to get things fixed. Um, you know, defensively, they need to get back to playing like they were in 2019 and 20. Um, you know, their aggressiveness was not the same this year. And then offensively, obviously, you got to fix a lot of things. Um, up front, you got to be better on the O-line. you got to get more explosive plays. The receiver's got to play better. Quarterback play's got to be better. So, yeah, to say it's a, a lot of things are in disrepair, I, I think that they can be fixed, but they've got a ton of work to do. Matt, uh, obviously this, some thought, would be a huge year building off of the previous season for IU football, and it turned out to be anything but that. At this point, we all have comprehended that, understand that. But how big of a setback in IU's journey through the Big Ten and march to take a step or two forward each of the last few seasons was this year because it wasn't just a season where IU didn't meet expectations or uh, had a 500 record or didn't make a bowl game. It was a season where Indiana had two wins. Yeah, it, you lost a lot of momentum. I mean, you could make the argument that the momentum was completely halted and, and maybe even going backwards a little bit. Now, to me, the key is when you have you have a bad season. To to me, the biggest key is where how does it affect how does it impact recruiting. How does it impact your roster for the following season and the seasons after that? And like I said, they've, so far the class has stayed together. It's ranked 27th in the country with only 14 commits, so it's obviously a class that has a number of good players. Can you keep the class together, and can you add the pieces that you need to add to, to shore up the holes that you have on this roster that you know became glaring um, issues over the course of this past season? Um, if you can do that, I think you can get the momentum back, but obviously the OC hire is going to be key, and then the improvement from positions that just did not play well. On offense, I thought um, wide receiver and O-line play was nowhere near where it needs to be and nowhere near where it has been the past few years. Why that was, I, I could not tell you, but those have to be fixed. And then defensively, you know, injuries did play a part, um, but they, you know, they didn't play with the same kind of aggressiveness this year as they did last year. Obviously, a new coordinator. I don't know if that was his call or they were trying to, to do something different. But you need to get back to that kind of way of playing where they, you know, they were so hard to go against because of what they did with the blitzing and just the different stuff they did on the back end of their defense. I didn't see that as much this year. So once again, things are fixable, but they've got to really hunker down and start working hard to get this thing turned around because I think this offseason and this upcoming season is really, really going to be crucial for Tom Allen and this program. Matt, I know you've touched on recruiting and how it kind of takes even greater importance after the season, especially with Indiana uh, not preparing right now for a bowl game in future weeks. But I've got to believe, and you've touched on this, but this sort of season also has to stunt the momentum from a recruiting perspective, and I would think even uh, recruiting players being successful, getting players out of the transfer portal, that this type of year could also hurt the success that Indiana we thought saw from that last off season, and probably needs to see again this year. Yeah, and, and I think that's a I think that's a good point. The one thing I will say about the portal, if you're you know in 2020, Michigan State was not very good. They went to the portal and obviously overturned their roster and came back, and, and obviously this year they've had a very good season, and Mel Tucker's been very well paid because of it. I think the one thing about the portal is I think guys are more concerned, I think a lot of the time, with going somewhere where they can get on the field and play right away. And if you know if you have, if you have a team that's a 2-10 team recruiting you, there's probably a good chance that you're going to get on the field right away. Now, some guys, 
maybe leery of a team that's that's that had that poor of a season. But I do think playing time and showcasing yourself, especially if you've only got a year or two left. If it's a guy who is in the, the portal after one year and he's basically a freshman, that could maybe change things because he's got a longer a longer window there to look at. But if you're talking about a junior or senior, and this is a guy who's basically got one shot to showcase himself to hopefully get to the next level, and Indiana could be an attractive option because there are holes and there is going to be playing time. Like I said, defensive line, if you're a defensive lineman in the portal, you have a chance to come in and play major snaps in Indiana next year because they need tons of help at that spot. And there's going to be, that's going to be the case at other spots. So I think, I think there'll be more options out of the portal than people might think. But I think the port, you make a point, the portal, the poor season could hurt you not only with high school players, but also with transfers. All right, uh, Matt, you're the football guy, the go-to guy on this program, but I've got to bring up basketball. Trace Jackson Davis with a record-setting performance in the last game out for IU, and a big one, IU goes on the road, part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge coming up on Tuesday night. So far, with what you've seen from this Mike Woodson coach team uh, in the non-conference, your thoughts on IU basketball this season? Well, first on what I've seen overall, and obviously, you know, Rabby and, and Mike, uh, you know, Peaks are the basketball guys. But I, I follow basketball and grown up watching basketball and, and all that. So, you know, I've, you seem to think I know a little bit about it. Um, they just seem to be having more fun. This team, the last couple years, um, they looked honestly miserable on the court. They looked like they did not want to play basketball at all. And this year they seem to be having fun. And obviously, when you're going, when you're 6-0, that, that's a big part of it. But just the way they're playing, they seem more relaxed on offense. The defense is the kind of defense I think a lot of Indiana fans are kind of grew accustomed to over the years. And I'm not one of these people that's longing for a Bob Knight type of thing, but they, that's the kind of defense we saw when he was here, up in your face, you know, just really shutting stuff down, um, tough defense, great help side, and that kind of thing. And then, you know, offensively, I think they still have a ways to go, but if they can continue to shoot, get the shooting from, you know, guys like Miller Cop and, Parker Stewart and and those guys and some other guys can hit some shots. That to me is the biggest you know kind of question mark on offense is can they shoot well enough to open up the lane because you saw what Trace Jackson Davis can do when teams try to play him one on one and I know it's Marshall, but forty three points is forty three points and you know I, I was that, that game started right when the Purdue game was ending. Now you Purdue football game, so I didn't get to see a lot of it, but I did watch a little bit on my phone and my, on my laptop after the game. And he was tremendous. I mean, I, he had to set a record for dunks in the game. It was incredible. So they're fun to watch. Um, I've enjoyed them a lot more than I have over the last four plus years. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can continue. And, and Mike Woodson's doing a great job in the recruiting trail. And, you know, things definitely look like they're heading the right direction with basketball. And, 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 and you know, good for them. And it's been a long time coming. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Matt, uh, you were strong with us uh, leading up to the year. And, of course, the first uh, half of the season or so. But then as the interest uh, and lack of success existed for IU football, we, we've kind of lost touch here in recent weeks. So thank you for coming on. We'll, we'll check back in multiple times this off season. Uh, to catch up on recruiting and, again, the OC position. Who does Tom Allen hire in that spot in the coming weeks? So plenty of things to stay up with you on, and we appreciate your coverage and appreciate your time as well. Okay, guys, thanks so much. All right, Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, joining us. And going to be a really interesting offseason for IU football. Uh, Where does this team go after a disappointing season? What does recruiting 
look like? How are they able to do in the transfer portal? Are there other staff changes that could be coming? Who knows? But uh, definitely going to be interesting. This is the first offseason Tom Allen has had where uh, there isn't some sort of forward momentum. Things are, are, are really backpedaling, it seems, for IU football. So a different offseason and an interesting offseason in a much different way than it was just a year ago from now. Of course, IU a year ago was coming off a, a great year, and uh, if it wasn't for the uh, the oddball season we had a year ago, uh, perhaps uh, even a better of year could have been logged last year for the Hoosiers. But uh, going to be interesting to see what happens. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll back with our final segment of the day. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, former coach in the area, also IHSAA Executive Board member, We've got lots of local basketball to talk about. We're going to recap everything that happened this past weekend in high school hoops, and we'll take a look at some other storylines for this week as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, the Charlestown High School Athletic Director, my guest, also a member of the IHSA Executive Board. Chad, high school basketball is back. We had a great first weekend to kick off the season. Man, it was a great start. You know, Charlestown Pirates got a great win, a rivalry win against uh, New Washington. That was supposed to be a boy-girl doubleheader, man. We try to hype that game up and get a good crowd for that, kind of similar to what Madison and Southwestern does in their turkey bowl. Last couple of years, COVID has put an end to that when we've had to reschedule the girls' game. The girls are playing this Saturday now. But it was good for Coach Lynch to get off to a good start. It was a... Uh, a lot of good basketball last weekend. Saw a lot of high school teams take off and play. You know, it was a good weekend for the Gilbert family, Matt. We went to a, we got to go to a Pacer game. We went to the football state finals. In 49 years, I've never been on the Jumbotron. Took the kids, Amy, we went, got on the Jumbotron, made it on TV. Man, I can't figure it out if it's because, one, I've got such a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. Or two, they were just looking for the guy in there with the worst beard and worst man bun. <laughs> yeah, but, re- but regardless, we got it done. If you haven't seen Chad Gilbert uh, in the man bun, you need to check out a Charlestown game, if nothing else, just just to check out the new do there, Chad. Matt, the man bun has grown where it takes two rubber bands now to fix it. It's gotten so long it takes two now. <laughs> oh, my. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, I, I want to talk some other basketball topics, but – I do think it's worth bringing up. I, 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 you can speak for for Greater Clark schools, but New Albany Floyd County schools requiring mask again in the classroom as Floyd County is back in orange as far as the COVID scale goes, and uh, that obviously means at games that uh, fans will have to wear a mask, coaches will have to wear a mask, players on the benches will have to wear a mask, and I'm not sure if Clark County has reached the orange level or not again, but that changes things a little bit as far as the, you know not a concern that the season is going to be played. Obviously, we're in a much different point now than what we were even a year ago but or months ago, but uh, definitely uh, has a feel of a little concern as some of that comes back. Well, you know, 
that's the one thing I can tell fans. You know, it's, it's going to be an inconvenience for a while. And it's it's an inconvenience for everybody. It's not just at games. I mean, I'm running late to get on the radio because I'm take, I'm covering another duty because our assistant principal is quarantining people, and that's something that we're we're dealing with up here right now. We have had an issue on a team where we've had a kid have to get quarantined. However, our coaches have been wearing masks. Kids when they're out of the game wear masks. And if you've been and if you've been um, vaccinated. And you've done those things, you're in good shape. So you know, there, and some of these things, the ball is in other people's court. You know, you you need to take the precautions you need, or don't get upset when you have to get quarantined. I'm not saying that the vaccine is the end all cure all to anything. However, I am saying if you do that, then there's a great chance that your son will not have to, or daughter will not have to be quarantined. That that being said, um, that's that's parents' choices. They have to do what they have to do, but. When you have to deal with the, what happens with that at the end, you know that's kind of those things you have to deal with. That doesn't mean you're not going to get it. We've had people who've uh, I've had friends who've had the vaccine and the booster and still managed to get COVID. So I mean, it's just a thing that's not going to go away. Unfortunately, there's going to be variants, and we're going to have to deal with that moving forward. And and that's what you know, and that's what sports teaches teaches people to adapt, teaches them to adjust. Most important plays the next way. Don't get too frustrated and keep on. Yep, I agree. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, uh, getting back to high school basketball, there's plenty to talk about, but I want to give a little shout-out to first-year Clarksville coach Kyle Hankins and the Generals. They took New Albany or made a comeback and then took New Albany to the wire on Wednesday night in Thanksgiving Eve basketball. Then they had a nice win over Christian Academy, uh, who I think will be really good at 1A this year. And uh, it was all made possible by a player that deserves a little recognition here locally, a senior guard for the Generals named Dakota Caps. He had quite a first week, a nice performance against New Albany, 32 points, I believe it was, on Saturday against Christian Academy. So the Generals, I won't call them a surprise just yet, but a nice solid start for a program that uh, needs a little boost absolutely you know and and anybody that can get off to a good start like yeah i think it makes it more fun for your fans more fun for your kids to get off to a good start and you know i'm sure that a coach wants to be 2-0 and right now he didn't want to lose that new albany game he's not counting that as a moral victory he's looking to move on we play the generals a week from friday so i'm anxious to see um where we're at we're there at that point and the more games play out the more things will shake out you know our pirates coach lynch is an excellent coach matt you know he's as good as advertised with everything that he does and he's gonna have a tough week this week uh with silver creek dragons on thursday or excuse me on tuesday and then the scottsburg warriors on friday who are two of the probably best teams in the mid-southern conference so we'll see where he stands and come back with the body armor on uh, an early start against holy cross on saturday so we'll see where we're at real quick Chad, uh, New Albany with a win over Clarksville Wednesday. Then against Bloomington South, who it kind of remains to be seen what type of Bloomington South this team is going to be. When everyone says Bloomington South, we always think state championship caliber. We know the success that they've had basically year in and year out. New Albany had an early lead, saw it go away, and then got beat by eight points on the road. So New Albany, a team to watch this year because – they're going to have some really good nights when they shoot the ball well. Tucker Biven is known to have scoring outbursts. Jaden Thompson uh, has looked really good at times, especially in the scrimmage down at Heritage Hills this year. But there are some question marks around New Albany before we place them in uh, the hierarchy of local high school basketball this season. You know, Coach Shannon does an excellent job. You can't take anything away from the job. He's won a state championship and what he does with his kids at New Albany. I think they play their uh, – 
very good basketball night in, night out. Yeah, it's going to be a tough year for the Bulldogs in the Hoosier Hills. You know, I, looking at right now, I would think they're behind Floyd Central. I would think they're behind Jeffersonville. Looking at Jennings County against Columbus North, I think that'll be a battle for them. I saw uh, Seymour beat Columbus North, I think, Matt. Yes. So I think that they will be a battle. You know, Seymour's one you don't want to sleep on. Kurt Mann's good coach. I mean, we've talked about that. That's somebody who's going to sneak up on somebody in the sectional. I think Bedford's playing a little bit more deliberate this year. Um, so there's going to be tests every night for guys, and that's just, you know, I think that's one, one of Coach Shannon's strengths is he's been in that spot before that you got to figure out who your best five players are playing together and what they can do. And I think that's what makes coaching so fun It's because it kind of becomes a chess game. But, you know, this year I think there's no there's no gimmies on the schedule when you look at the, the Hoosier Hills Conference. I think there's a lot of parity and a lot of uh, uh, fun that goes on with that moving forward, you know, going into the sectional. But I would think right now that Floyd Central would have to be the favorite. Chad, I want to get away from high school hoops here for a moment as the ACC Big Ten Challenge Set to begin tonight with two games and, of course, a number of games on Wednesday or Tuesday and, and Wednesday as well. Of course, IU and Syracuse of local interest, especially to listeners of this show, is the big game on Tuesday night and a real road non-conference test for IU. But I know last week we were talking, and I guess we're basketball nuts, so we can always find a reason to watch basketball or to brag on uh, basketball locally or how how important it is in, in our state in this area. But uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge is a, a good few days here early in the season to see some high-quality games and to kind of begin to understand what college hoops and the, the Big Ten Conference will be like this season. You look at some of these matchups we're going to be treated to tonight and over the next few days, and, uh, boy, there's going to be some good college basketball on with a Big Ten flavor. What do you think about the Big Ten Possibly, you know, Purdue rolling in a number one spot this week, you know, with uh, Gonzaga getting beat or does Duke jumping at number one? Who knows how that one's going to play out? But uh, I think the Big Ten is going to be another thing, another league with admirable opponents every night out. If you look at Indiana, you know, I can remember the last time Indiana played Syracuse when I was in spring break during uh, March Madness. Will Indiana, you know, Matt, I'll ask you, will they know that Syracuse is going to play his own this time? Say that again. Well, will Indiana know that Indiana that Syracuse will play a zone this time? Well, I would because, hope so. <laughs> because it seemed like the last time that that was kind of a bugaboo that they felt like Indiana didn't do a very good job of attacking Syracuse's zone. Now, let me tell you this: attacking Syracuse's zone is easier said than done. If you always look, you know, if Syracuse can get past that first week in March Madness. They always, if they get to that Elite Eight game, they always seem like they advance because it's just so hard to prep. Everybody's used to playing against man-to-man all year that you turn around and have to prepare against the zone in a day's notice. That makes it awful hard on you. Indiana's kind of in that same boat right now after playing um, Saturday night. They've got a couple of days here to uh, prep, and they're going to be going against that Syracuse zone. I would think those guys at IU, uh, this isn't their first rodeo. They've been in big games before. I would think that they've been practicing versus the zone leading up to this point right now that they'll be fine-tuning going in. A lot of fun, a lot of excitement. And, Matt, you know, that that that's kind of what uh, the college preseason is all about, so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes down. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad's the athletic director at Charlestown High School, former coach in the area, also on the IHSA board, and he joins us Mondays. We talk a lot of hoops, uh, specifically the local-level high school basketball this time of year. And Chad, it's great to have the season back. It's great to have a big event coming this weekend at your place 
which we previewed with Mr. Howard a little earlier in the program today. And uh, look forward to seeing some good basketball, including at your place this week, a, a couple different nights. Matt, I hope people get a chance to come out Saturday at our place. Coach Howard's done an excellent job putting a, a, a great group of teams together. Uh, should be a lot of fun for people to see some uh, next-level talent. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest on Mondays. Chad, thank you. Matt, appreciate everything you do. Thanks for the run, and we'll look forward to you this winter. Absolutely. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the program. A few reminders, if you uh, missed the live program, we're always available as a podcast. Uh, All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I know that's a very popular way to do so. And uh, also, IU Syracuse will have a full preview of that game coming up for you on our Tuesday program and uh, excited about a big night of basketball, really the next few nights uh, with the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So we'll be talking a lot more about those games. It's just an an opportunity here early on to really preview uh, what the season is all about. And, of course, IU and Syracuse for the Hoosiers. We went into the year thinking this would be the big one. Yes, St. John's was supposed to be solid. That was a home game. IU won that one. Uh, a week and a half or so ago, but this game at Syracuse we marked as a big one to see uh, where the Hoosiers were at. I'm not sure the Syracuse team uh, that we thought we would get tomorrow night is as good as what maybe they were expected to be, but always solid, a zone-playing Syracuse team, and a challenge on the road as part of this ACC Big Ten Challenge coming up for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers. Back with you tomorrow at 11 o'clock. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.